you all for participating in another episode of Dubai's Door. I have the absolute pleasure of speaking with Miss Giovanna Cameron today. Giovanna, would you introduce yourself, please, ma'am? Hi, my name is, as she stated, Giovanna Cameron. I am glad to be here today and to be able to speak to you guys today. So, Giovanna, tell us what you're doing with your career. What, you, what are you doing career-wise right now? Well, first, just to even let you guys know, so I have a BA in political science. I'm a professional, but I'm going to go through my education just so you'll know how my career correlates. So I have a BA in political science in French. Um, I also am a certified paralegal and I am also a certified revenue cycle specialist. I have a master's of business administration with healthcare um, management attached to it, as well as I am working or almost finished, pretty much finished with my doctorate of philosophy, my PhD in business with um, a focus on healthcare administration. Um, I'm, I'm in dissertation, so I'm, I'm finished pretty much. I work at the largest house hospital in the Southeast, which is Adrian Health. And I am the manager of the hospital business office, billing uh, manager and the billing audit manager. I manage over 300 facilities. And this is medical billing, um, like medical claims and coders and billers and things like that. And this is also corporate finance. So this is on the corporate side. This is the, the be all end all pretty much as far as in their part of their revenue cycle. So that is what I do. Y'all, she said a mouthful. <laughs> I hope everybody caught all of her education, what she's doing with the biggest hospital in the North Carolina area. Correct? It is. Atrium Health, and we know we've all heard of that. So, so this is the person that, well, we don't deal with you, right? You deal with corporations. I deal with um, patients to a certain extent. I don't talk to them or things like that, mm-hmm. but I might be that one in the background uh, that's fixing something. You just don't know. Right. We appreciate you. Everything that you do, that you've done to get yourself to this point right now. And, you know, we don't like to tell our age, but I would really love for you to tell everyone how old you are. I will tell everybody I am so glad that the Lord has saw fit to see me be 39 this year in December. So this is my last year of those dirty 30s. And (laughs) I am so embracing moving to 40. I'm ready. I can't wait to see what 40 has for you if you've done all of this. Let's say you started your work career at at 18. You've done all of this in that short amount of time. That's beautiful. So in high school, did you know what you wanted to do? In high school, I knew, I did and didn't. So I knew that I wanted to be a doctor. And I've said this, you've heard me say this story, you know, my aunt was just like, why do you keep wanting to be a doctor? And, and you know, I said, well, I want those letters beside my name. I said, I want somebody to call me doctor. <laughs> yes. And I was like, you know, even if it's an aesthetic type of thing, you know, just for looks, I want it because that means that I, I went ahead and I did a whole lot to get to that point. Yes. And um, I originally wanted to be a lawyer, middle school biochemist, high school a lawyer. My morals on certain things got in the way, so I knew I wouldn't be, a, I probably wouldn't end up being a you know, as good of a lawyer as I possibly could have been. 
Yeah. And so my dad worked at the hospital and I got out and ended up working at the hospital. Lawyers. Yes. <laughs> because the profession that you're in, um, and, and I commend you on that because you actually wanted to do the right thing, which means you have morals. That's, I mean, that's absolutely great that your, your dad and did you say your mom or your aunt, which one? Yeah, my, well, my dad works at the hospital. He's been there for 41 years. Uh -huh. Started in high school as a cook. Yeah. And they paid, uh, they basically helped him go back to school and things like that. And um, he's done data, he's basically a data, uh, data analyst, but he's the manager over the entire distribution center for the, the atrium health. Yeah, well, congratulations so, to him. And then he pulled you right in, right? Yep. Yeah. My aunt, my aunt's been there in radiology probably for about 30 years. My grandmother was there two years. She's one of the first black nurses. Started at um, Mercy Hospital when it was under the nun. And you know, Atrium owns Mercy. And she was one of the first black nurses that had a write up on her and everything. Yes, that's beautiful. Yeah. Well, I know your grandma, so please tell her. I say congratulations. I didn't <laughs> her. Yes. I'm so excited. Everything that you're saying is just exciting. You know that we're dealing with 15 through 17 year old females. Mm -hmm. We're getting them, or we're trying our best to get yes. etiquette part re-implemented in the corporate world. So just parents listening to you, corporate, uh, other corporate sponsors or anyone in the corporate world that listens to our podcast and they're getting a chance to listen to what you're saying these are things that we want them to pick up on right right so, so you're doing an excellent job thank you thank you did you intern in high school at all um i did i did a, a radiology intern i don't know what was telling me to, to be a radiologist <laughs> And I don't think that it was that I wanted to be a radiologist. I think it was that I wanted to do uh, help people because that's my main thing. So I think it was just I needed to find out what was my niche to help people. Yeah. Everybody can help people in different ways. And um, so I did a radiology uh, internship. And oh my God, I thought it was just the strangest thing to see people's feet broken and body parts broken in all kinds of ways. It's stuff I've never seen in life. And I was like, oh, yeah, I need to go to the business side of things. <laughs> I was like, I, I'm not going to do well with this. Yeah. Yeah, I interned in high school. I did. Well, I mean, everybody gained things, so I did. Well, good. So, so you have the intern experience way back in high school. Do you think that that helped you to get to kind of you know where you are right now yes because with an internship even if i didn't do that career it let me know what i didn't want to do right and it helped me put me on the path of making a, a more decisive decision about what i needed to do so and either way you go that intern that is still being a radiologist still requires schooling so it let me know okay bam i need to do this bam four years of this and i can get to this yeah. So it, it still helps. It's a, it's a process. It still helps. Good. That's, that's what we're looking for. Uh, people who have interned. And you're right. It lets you know, I want to do this because, you know, I'm interested in it, first of all. Or, well, I'm not interested in it. We know that. But I'm really good at this. 
Right. Or I'm really bad at that. Right. I don't go that way. So. And I just remembered, I even interned at the Omni Hotel downtown as a head chef. Yeah, did you really? I did. And what I remembered the most out of that was the big steaks. And I just thought, oh, that's a good steak. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so why did you pursue the uh, PhD? Um, I mean, my main reason was because, of course, I wanted to do it, um, of course, for my father and my parents. Um, to, you know, give them something to be very proud of me about. But on the business side of things, I've said this before to many people, a bachelor's degree means you can start something and finish it. A master's means you can specialize. And that doctorate means they can trust you to do almost anything. And at the end of the day, nowadays, a bachelor's degree can almost be looked at like a high school diploma because so many people have them. Right. And so I needed to stand out. And so I stood out by getting my master's. And I also needed to stand out because I'm a woman and I'm a woman of color. And so I needed something to put me above everybody else. And then when I noticed that everyone was getting masters, I was like, you know what? Because online technology came and all of that. Because, you know, that wasn't there when I was in school like that. Right. So I was like, oh, let me get my master's. Let me get my doctorate now because everybody has that. And then just to get to where I want to get to, I don't want you to have any other reason to tell me no. Exactly. So I had all of the experience and then I ended up getting all of the education. So that way, if you tell me no, you're going to have to provide me with a very good reason why. Because you have done it, right? Right. You got to tell me why you're telling me no, so I can fix whatever that reason is. Yes, but that's a good attitude to have, right? Yeah. I mean, you got to. The biggest thing a person can ever tell you is no. And from it, you take the constructive criticism and you do what you need to do to fix it. Right. Because you're fixing you. Right. You're right. You're not just worrying about what they say. No. You're You're fixing you. Sometimes being told no provides a self-realization of yourself. Um, it makes you look deeply inside to say, is this something I can fix about me? Or is this something that just didn't work for that person? And so I like that. That makes sense to me. Yeah. Make you take a step back and be like, oh, okay, you know what? I could do a little bit better with that. I could. I could apply myself a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can go that extra mile. Mm-hmm. Or it's really worth it. I'm worth it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. It has gotten you to this point. And you're not done yet. We know that you're, just, you're at this point right now. Yeah. So the sky's pretty much the limit for you, right? Right. I also like how you said bachelors are common. Mm-hmm. High school diploma, right? Mm-hmm. Because education is being pushed so much. But to get a master's degree means, okay, I'm going to put in a little bit more effort so I can stand out a little bit more. But mm-hmm. to go for that PhD... It's like now you see me. Yeah. Like you, you, I'm here. Right. You can't miss me because I have put all of this in. Right. And this PhD is nothing comparable to other. Like your master's is very comparable, comparable to your bachelor's. Uh, it's just more work. It's, yeah. it's just more time. But it's the same. It's almost generally the same work, work ethic with it and stuff. Trying to do it. That, doctorate and PhD is nowhere near similar. This is a dedication of at least 30 hours a week 
um, to, towards work, whereas a master's is a dedication for under 10 hours. This is a dedication of at least 30, probably at least 20 to 30 hours a week. Wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. And you've got a family. I mean, you, you're, you've got a family. Mm -hmm. You were working full time. You are still working full time. Yeah, I work full time. Working full time while you went to school. Yep. I worked full time, had a family, got married, even have worked two jobs before or whatever it is I'm trying to build for. Uh, you know, I, I have all of that. And even when I finish it, I'm going to have two jobs because I plan on teaching. I plan on being a professor for the evening and, and working this job during the day. Yeah. So, yeah. So I plan on being a professor and build on my retirement and, and some future goals that I have with that job. That's fantastic because you're yeah. seeing people. You're yeah, building so, a future for your, your children, for your family. Right. Yeah. I'm trying to build for them. I don't believe in releasing children from the home extremely early because uh, we don't really come into our our know until 30 or a little bit before or, you know, sometimes earlier. But I'm breaking that trend of what some families do. And my kids are allowed to stay here and we're going to help them get on their feet to have the right path, the same path. Absolutely. Now that I really do like. Most kids are almost parents even think when you're 18. It's time to go. It's time to go. I'm not ready. Hey, college, army, military, yeah. somewhere. Yeah, you're not yeah, ready. I, see that either. I mean, we made it through, my husband and I, but I still think if I would have been, you know, maybe stayed at home a little longer or something my path could have been easier and less stress but most definitely i think that guidance needs to be there from the ages of like what you're doing 15 up to like 25 27 even if 30 so that you can you can really help guide yes and parental guidance is, is a very necessary thing and if it's not a parent it's a guardian yep it, it, and then, do you remember the, the village? Mm -hmm. no? So it's not parents, guardians. You got aunts, uncles, close friends of the family, even close friends to you. But then you have programs like ours that are out there that really want to see you succeed. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're here for. And this is one of the main reasons I wanted to have you on here Miss Giovanna, because you have done it. <laughs> you really have. And I know that you started from an early, early age. I remember a story you told me about junior high school, right? Which one? You want to share how you started working or you knew what you wanted to do in junior high school? Probably the one. I think I said it earlier. So in, in junior high school, I wanted to be a, a biochemist. And then I, I mean, I even went to um some chemistry fair things and because uh mind you in high, middle school i had like i had like i was allowed to a lot of academic things because my, my grade point average so I, I went to all of these things i researched every day and i just knew i was gonna do that i even went and took my teacher to my parents and said i just wanted you to know i'm gonna be a biochemist i told her that <laughs> And, and it may have even started earlier in elementary school because I had a, a teacher that I loved dearly, fourth and fifth grade. And I felt like she was such an influence on my life. An older Caucasian lady 
such an influence on my life. When I finished my master's and went on more to pursue this doctorate, I looked her up and found her number and I called her and I told her how much I appreciated her wow. providing me with the foundation in the fourth and fifth grade. Yes. Oh, I know she was just so excited. She was. She was so ecstatic. <laughs> she remembered me and everything. That is wonderful. I mean, that's a that's a great feeling. From, well, at least from her part, I know it has to be. And I wouldn't be this way if my dad didn't always push me. You know, my dad was always my mom. She, my mom was an educator. So, but my dad was always back there and he was just like, look, I want you to have more than what I had yes. at your ages. Yes. He's like, I want you to do better than me. I want you to do well. I want you to show that you can do this. Yes. And so I always just stuck to doing, finishing things, starting them and finishing them. Making daddy proud. Hmm. Yep, always yes. has. <laughs> just, I just stuck to it. He just always, and I guess because you know my parents, I had teenage parents, so I I saw their growth. You know, I saw them go from being young, you know, teenagers really trying to find their way, being parents and married. They were married, and then finding their way and becoming successful. So I saw that it took hard work and steps. It doesn't come overnight. Yes. And to get to where it needs to get to. And look what they produced. Yeah, <laughs> I know they're proud. I know they are because yeah. speaking with you just gives, gives me chills, and I've told you before, it just gives me chills to see how much you've done in a short amount of time because of your dedication, your upbringing, your mindset, what you want for you, and what you want for your children. Extremely proud of you. I can't say it enough. So you're here to <laughs> So um, I know, and I know we've talked about you know a lot of things here. So you you do think the PhD is relevant in your professional career path, of course. What do you think about company culture and so, how it applies to business etiquette? Your business etiquette is based off of what the company culture is. The two play hand in hand. If you present a standard at your company that's a high, that a good expectation of of really good ethics and really good um, etiquette and thing like that, then your the the rest of the the company will be that same way. Everyone will follow. Whatever that culture is that you present is what you will get out of it. If you don't present that it's a requirement to have good etiquette, then your staff is not going to be that way. Right. So there, you in order to get that to be, you gotta your leaders need to, and it starts top down. Leaders have to do things, follow it, in, in order to have your staff follow it. Exactly. So there's a difference between leading and managing. You can do both, but to properly lead, you have to do the same thing. Exactly. Or more. Or more. Yeah, you more. Yes. And that sounds good. I love the way that you said it's popped down. So it starts from the CEO, owner of the company, and how he acts or she acts. Mm -hmm. And then that should be implemented from them, right? So, so let's do bottom up. Let's say we do that. Bottom up is the employees and then their manager or their mm -hmm. supervisor, team lead, or whatever. Yeah. So if you got a set of employees here that are 
um, exemplifying business etiquette, but their manager is not, that would make them revert back to bad ways. That's mm-hmm. right. Or feel as though they're not valued at a company because, you know, you can't even act right. You don't value me. Right. I'm going to girls. Yeah, you don't value me. You don't value my work. You, that will create turnover, everything. It's, you don't value me. You're right. A group full of 15 apples and I got one peach that stands out. Yes. So I will take that peach and grow that peach. You know, or take that, take that grape, that raisin, and grow it into a, a grape, or you know what I'm saying? Like I will blossom that fruit and make sure that they really get away paved. I would take them under my arms as a mentor and just really help them. And that's good to be a mentor. That's true. It's right. <laughs> You're right. And I love to see, you know, I being a, a manager, I love to see when I have up under your wing and show them the proper way of doing things. This is what helped me. Somebody. It doesn't have to be just the age group that we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. But it is for someone who wants to do better. Yep. So they can be older and they're just blossoming or they're just getting this opportunity however they know uh, I want to be a little bit further than what I am. And for someone like you with all the wonderful things you've done to take them when I was in your position. Uh, not even a little bit deeper, a little better. Yeah. It's not about who you know. We know that's a thing now. Yeah, that's no. a thing. It, that is a thing, but it's it's a lot of But you can get past you, some of these things. <laughs> can, with what you know. With what you know, yes. Yes. So our conversation is a little bit different than it was before. Yeah. And um, I'm very happy. So I have a, another question. So what do you look for when when someone's applying for a job? Are you looking for their skill set, their degree, or are you looking for business etiquette or maybe a combination of all of those things? I would say it's a combination, but because I'm a scholarly person, education stands out to me. I mean, even down to if you put your education at the end of your resume, I want to see it at the front, at the top, because you want the things to stand out first that were really important to you. And so, you know, I look at that and then I look at education too because it lets me know that you wanted to go further and do more. And it lets me know that, oh, okay, I did something more than just high school. You didn't have to finish. I don't need any of that. You didn't have to finish, none of that. I just want to see that you tried yes. to do something more with yourself. And then I go into, and business etiquette is matters at all points in time. So that's even when you first walk in my door, I need a confident handshake or I need a confident, strong hello. How are you? Because I'm going to give you, hello, how are you? And so I, I need, and I know sometimes I can even be an intimidating interviewer because I have very high standards. You know, my standards are the same regardless if I'm paying you $10 an hour versus paying you 25 You need to have confidence and present yourself in that as such, dressed in an appropriate manner. You know, my standards doesn't change based on the role or the company. Yeah. Um, 
some of us get things confused. We might come in in a church outfit. That's not business. It's not. That's not no, it's church. That's church. And, yeah, it's church. <laughs> um, you know, even probably if you're slouching, if you're, you know, just your mannerisms, it's all of that. I need all of it. I pay so much attention to mannerisms. Um, Body language. Right. Because the thing about an interview is, it's all about how you present yourself that day. It's really not about truly what you know, because I don't know what you know until I hire you and put you into that role. You can tell me one thing, your paperwork says something else, your paper you look good and I put you in a role and you're awful. It's all about how you present yourself. So it's, it's, it's selling yourself. Yes. It's a package. Yes. So, so, you're selling you. And like I told someone recently the other day, I, I don't even hardly call and check references because at the end of the day, your references, 90% of them are your friends or somebody that's going to tell me something good anyway. And the biggest thing, because you're not going to put anybody down that's going to talk bad. Right. And the biggest thing a job can tell you anyways is if, you, if you're rehirable. They're not allowed to sit up here and go into detail about every single thing about your, what you did at work. Sometimes I don't even call references because I base everything off of how you interviewed with me. And that is even on the phone, because I do a phone interview first. That determines if I even let you come into. And I'm going to ask questions anyway, based off of your resume, that will, I will set you up to see if you can tell me the truth or lie about something. I pretty much can dig into it based off my field. I can dig into it and, and know if you're telling the truth or not. You know, I might ask you about something in the system you told me that you knew, and I know that system. And so I can determine. I don't even have to call anyone. So I like that. Yeah, so everything for me is based off how you come in and what your style, your business style is, yes. your professional style is. Yes. That's, that's, that's what it is. head to toe. Yep. And, and it's, your it's preparation. Yes. You know, did you do, I, you know, I always recommend the STAR method for, for people. You, you should have a method of something where I can tell that you researched, even research about the company, yes. everything. I might even bring up a fact about the company. Just so I can see something that's bold, clear on the website that's right there that I know. If you researched, you knew this answer. If you truly, truly looked at this job. I say that all the time, Giovanna. Yep. The company is researching you. One little, that 30 second block of, do you have any questions for us? It should be something pertaining to your company and your company not what can you do for me right and like a big pet peeve of mine you're supposed to research the company yes because when you walk into the interview everything that you just listed off is business editing yes you're coming in it's the way that you dress it's the your cleanliness your yep. timeliness yep definitely that your resume you should have that together that's all part of it the way that you speak, your tone, your body language, all of that is a part of it. But I also say research. Mm -hmm. When they give you that, how much you pay on this job? You should have researched the pay and all of that before you even came into this interview. Like, <laughs> yeah. That lets me know all you can worry about is the money. <laughs> now, did you know it was such a thing as, um, 
we say it all the time because most of us just want the job. It's like, we don't know our worth. We know what we think we're worth, right? But right. Get in front of someone who's interviewing you for a position, you automatically say, yes, I'll accept the amount that you have here, or it's negotiable. Yes. But then you don't negotiate. Right. So you have your PhD going for a manager's position. The first thing you're supposed to do is, well, of course, like we just said, know how much that job pays. But you know your worth. Look at all the letters that I already told you what you wanted. You tell me. Expectations. You tell me, or I tell you, this is not enough. Because you're going to be getting this. You see my resume. You're getting this and Mm -hmm. and this and this and this. All of these things, right? Right. Yes. So I negotiated for the job I have now. Um, well, not this one. When I was a supervisor, I used to be the supervisor too. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have a manager then. I was I was supervising there, and then I got made a manager. I just got promoted. I got moved into a manager role. I was a supervisor, and I negotiated with that job as well. Okay. And I told them they were trying. I, I believe it was like three thousand less than what, four thousand less than what I asked for. And um, I advised to them. I stated what I needed. This needs to be negotiated. (laughs) Is there room for negotiation? Because I stated what I needed. And I got everything except for maybe $200 of what I asked. Yes. And so I was like, okay, I can work with that. Because I added in raises and all of that. So I knew I would be well over what I was asking for anyway. Within, you know, a certain time frame. But I made sure I negotiated because I knew my worth and I knew that I had sat back long enough for some years not negotiating. Yes. Just to get that experience and just to get stuff under my belt. Just to have a job. Yeah. Just to have a job. But I knew that I had the ability to get what I asked for. So. Now, we know that everybody can't do this, right? Right. Everybody can't go in and say, I expect this. Right. Or let's negotiate. Because if you negotiate, you could go down. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> you don't have the experience or whatever it is that they're looking for. You got to have that background to back up the, what you're yes. trying to get. I'm not saying that, that everybody needs to negotiate. But I think if you've got the qualifications, if you know your worth, then, yeah, that is a thing. And, and even if you know how much you're worth to negotiate for like you know maybe you might think you're worth you know fifty thousand all right maybe okay let me change that you might think you're worth twenty dollars but you got say 18 but you know you don't have twenty dollar background extra 50 cents you know what i'm saying like 25 cents or 50 cents you know bring it down and then there's another thing that you can do too if it's not the monetary part that they give you there are a lot of companies that would let you go back to school. Yep. You know, get your certificates. Yep. They will pay for you to go back to school. There are certain things that you can we, do. We do the I same thing. We'll be like, hey, yeah, you go get certified coder. <laughs> I know we've gone a little bit, you know, deep. We have. We have. We've gone a little bit deep. But these are things that are, I mean, they're necessary. They're I mean, certain. If nobody ever tells you, then you don't know. You don't know. So, 
somebody's listening to this and they're going to pick up on some of what we've said that you know we went over the limit over the limit on that's fine as long as somebody gets something out of what we're talking about right right not necessarily questions but words yes if you have someone willing to to provide you with other guidance even if it's not your parents and you have someone such as this organization that's willing to assist um take advantage of it as much as possible it makes them react totally different yes you know you might be one way with your parents here let's say something else you're you're okay with it so yeah. or it could be that your parents have said this and you just it went in one of your ideas not the other yeah if somebody else say it it's the sponge because kids are like sponges anyway yeah so it just soak it up yeah. So, you know. I do have one last question. When you're dealing with people via email, mm-hmm. tell me about that. I, I already kind of got a feeling of where you're going with that. I'm going to tell you something, you know, and this is me, you know, I'm Javon and Lady J, this is me. And I'm going to tell you something here. The baby boomers and all of that. And each generation communicates differently. So, since the uprising of social media here and a lot of the texting and stuff like that, it has made our society really lose touch with um, proper grammar and, and business etiquette and writing and, you know, and wording. And so, sometimes it is so challenging to speak with uh, younger generations or even, yeah, mostly younger generations, you know, because the vernacular is to is to speak in text talk and things like that, BRB and TTYL. There is a such thing as, and not just you, but I'm speaking to the young ladies, there's a such thing as multi-generational cohort, cohort. And that is pretty much having all of the different generations, um, whether that be millennials, X, what I, that is something that is so critical right now that we speak about at my job all the time because we find it so critical to uh, understanding the communication and you don't want that you don't want that at all so so if you if you don't know it govern yourself to how to properly send memos you can look at things like that because um, we don't really send memos anymore, but that is the structure that's needed. And there's yeah. templates on it, business templates on it. There's plenty of business communication uh, education tools yeah. to help you on how to speak. Yeah. Grammarly, it's a lot of different things. Yeah. yeah. I, I could not let you get off of here without hitting that point, Giovanna, because I know it's like a pet peeve for you and it's I'm not talking about the younger generation because they don't know. They don't know, yeah. And then you remember, you know, there are things that you don't know that you don't know. Yeah. Right? I mean, they don't even teach cursive in schools anymore and stuff. So, you know, it, it's just a lot that they don't know because it, it hasn't been put out there like it was with us. Yeah. So they, it, it's almost made now to where it, it, it's, it's an assumption that things like this doesn't matter anymore. But once you get in the adult world, 
and really start working in in these environments, you realize how much it matters. Yes, when you're when you're adulting. Yes, when you're adulting, you realize it does matter. <laughs> so, matters. There's so it, many things that matter, yep. and and we are here. Device daughter, we're definitely here to to help teach, train whoever needs the help. We're dealing with 15 through 17 year old females, but we're not dealing with, uh, we're not, we're not limiting ourselves to just low income or just people of color, people that needs help is who we're willing to help. That's what we're here for. So please take time and listen to this podcast and go back to some of our, our previous podcasts. Take a look at our website, visedaughter.org. Uh, follow us actually on the podcast. Hit the follow, and then you can you can always keep up with what we're doing. Um, Miss Giovanna, you have been an absolute pleasure. You're a businesswoman. <laughs> well, you are. You're a businesswoman. And it's just my absolute pleasure to have you on here and to speak on a lot of different things to help this, the younger generation. Thank you again, ma'am. Thank you for having me. Hopefully we can get you back talking about some more stuff uh, in the future. All right. Yeah, keep doing what you're doing. We're proud of it. Yes. All right.